Second Samuel chapter five. Awesome. Uh, we're going to start in verse four. Today, I want to talk to you about breakthrough. Is that okay? Anybody in this room need a breakthrough in your life? I know I do. I need a breakthrough. Second Samuel chapter five, and I'm going to read verse four, and then we're going to jump down to verse 17. The Bible says, David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. Let's read verse 5 too. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all of Israel and Judah. Now let's jump down to verse 17. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. (laughs) Because everybody isn't going to be happy when you start to walk in the purpose that God has for you. So the Philistines went up to search for David and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Bel Prism and David defeated them there. And he said, he named the place, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. He called this place the Lord of the breakthrough. Therefore, he called the name of that place Bel Prism. And they left their images there and David and his men carried them away. Because how many of you know when you got to carry your God into battle, <laughs> you ain't serving the right God. But when your God carries you into battle, you're serving the right one. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord and he said, you shall not go up, circle around behind them and come upon them in the front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Isn't that awesome? The Lord of the breakthrough. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray over these next few moments you would speak so clear to us. God, we want to be challenged. We want to be changed. We want to leave this place different. Matter of fact, we're a little bit like Jacob this morning. We will not leave this place until you bless us. And so, God, we're believing that over these next few moments, you're going to do in our lives what only you can do. By faith, we declare it. By faith, we receive it. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. You know, David is anointed king, and the Philistines hear about it, and they immediately go on attack mode. This is is the way the enemy works. He... He, uh, he will allow you sometimes to, wait, to waver and to, to, to go back and forth in purpose. But once you establish yourself in purpose, he knows he's in for a fight. Matter of fact, the Bible, Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. He's writing to the church at Corinth there, and he says, there's a great door, an effective door that's opened up for me in Ephesus. I want to come see you, but there's an effective door for me here in Ephesus, and there are many that oppose me. It's an amazing thing that God sets a door in front of us of opportunity, but there is also opposition in front of that door and around that door because the enemy does not want you to walk into 
your purpose. And so the enemy sets themselves up in this valley. They are ready to attack. And the Bible says that David does something very unique. It says David goes to this place of the stronghold. The stronghold was a very interesting place in David's life. David had many strongholds throughout his life. But this stronghold in particular is one of really, really peculiar interest because David finds himself back in a very familiar place. This stronghold, most theologians agree that this stronghold was the cave of Adullam. This cave was familiar to David because this is where David had a breakthrough in his life. And this is what this is what the Lord wanted me to tell you in, in this room today, that when the enemy attacks, you have to go back to the place of your breakthrough. You have to remind yourself that even though you are in a season that seems overwhelming now, that God has been faithful to you in the past and he will be faithful to you again in the future. God, there is an Adullam, there is a cave of Adullam, there is a place that we can return to where God was faithful to us that will give us strength for the fight we are currently in. Can you say amen? I I believe that. And so David returns to this cave because breakthrough in our lives begins with the breaking of us. Breakthrough begins with breaking. We must be broken. The breakthrough that you're looking for is not necessarily just in the circumstance or the situation. The breakthrough that you need is to be uh, done in you first. There's a breaking in you that God wants to do so you experience your breakthrough. In other words, Mark just talked about it. He just talked about the lunch that this boy gave and God blessed it and he broke it and then he gave it. David was blessed when Samuel prophesied over him and declared him the next king of God's people. But David went through a breaking process before he was given as the leader of God's people. Matter of fact, David even had to serve for a few years as just the king of Judah before he was king over all of God's people because he had to go through a process. It's the breaking. It's the breaking that God takes us through that creates breakthrough in our lives. You think that the breaking is keeping you back, but the breaking is the setup for your breakthrough. You, you've, got to, you've got to begin to reinterpret what is happening in your life. You've got to begin to redefine what has happened in your past, what is happening to you currently. You have to redefine it so that you can see it as the thing that's not keeping me from what God has for me, but the, key, the thing that is setting the stage for what God has in me. Because this is what God does. He blesses us. And we think when we get blessed that everything is now, it's just peaches and cream. But we actually fail to realize that after the blessing is the breaking. Matthew 26 and 26, Jesus, when he's giving the disciples and he's feeding them at the Last Supper, the Bible says that he took bread, he broke it, and then he gave it. This is the process of God. He blesses, he breaks, and then he gives. He blesses, he breaks, and then he gives. This is an awesome part of this story when David returns to Adullam. And we would just read it, oh, oh, David went to the stronghold. That's great. What is that? But this is an amazing thing that happens here because this cave represented something for David that was an incredible moment in his life. You know, life is life. When you look back on your life, you remember there there are moments you remember. 
There are things that happen in your life that, that you go back to. You don't necessarily remember years and months and days. You really remember moments that happened to you. There are things that happened in my life. I can't really remember the exact date that it happened, but I remember the moment. I can't usually remember the year that it happened. I can tell you 2009, 8, 10, somewhere around there, but I can tell you what happened because those moments have defined me and made me who I am. And so he remembers this cave. And as he's under attack, he goes back to this cave because this cave represents something so powerful in his life. This cave represents what happened to him in 1 Samuel chapter 21 and 22. In 1 Samuel 21, the Bible tells us there that David is running from Saul and he finds himself in a place called Gath with this king named Achish. And while he is there, it is discovered by the people there that David is with them and they, they recognize him. They say, isn't this the David that they sang the song about? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Sometimes it takes somebody else to recognize what's on the inside of you for you to get out of a place you shouldn't be in. See, sometimes you're in a place you think you should be and people actually recognize you're not supposed to be in this place. And so you need people around you that will call out in you what you don't see in yourself. They reminded David that you were made for more than this. You were not designed to live your life on the run. You are not designed to live your life in failure. David, David gets so scared because they recognize his purpose. He starts acting crazy. Isn't it just like us? When we start to start to realize some of the stuff that God has on our life, we either lean into it or we start acting crazy. We run in rebellion, totally away from it. So David is in rebellion. He's acting crazy. He's the Bible says he's acting so crazy that he's like drooling and just randomly writing stuff on walls. And the king goes, this can't be him. This is a madman. This is a crazy person. And so David leaves there. And the Bible says he escapes to this cave of Adullam. It is an amazing thing. He's returned to this cave. This cave is a place of great breaking in David's own personal life. David has been blessed. But now he's going through the breaking. He is so far, it seems, away from his purpose that he is now not just running from Saul, he is running from Achish, and he is hiding. This great warrior that slew Goliath is now hiding in a cave. This is good news for me and you. <laughs> that says to me that we can have our Goliath moments and our cave moments and still be chosen and called and loved by God and his purpose still be pursuing us. Can you say amen this morning? I don't know if you've ever felt like a giant killer and then a cave hider in the same week, but there are times when I felt like that and God is declaring over your life today that even though you're hiding in a cave this moment and maybe in this season you're in this cave, guess what? There is a there is an end to this season. Don't let this season become a cycle. You need a breakthrough in your life. God takes you to the cave to break you. So he's running, he's running from, he's running from Saul. He's running from Achish. He's hiding in this cave and watch what happens while he's in this cave. David is called to be the king of Israel. He is called to walk in the palace. He is called to have servants and people bringing him food and have a throne and the best of the best surrounding David. 
the best advisors, the best leaders, the best people in finance, the best people over the different nations and cities. And David is called to lead like this. But David is in a cave. And guess what God does? God begins to bring people to him. But it's not noble people. And it's not people with wealth. And it's not people that are happy. And it's not people that are wise. Guess what the Bible says about him? David leaves there. He escapes from Achish. He goes into the cave. And the Bible says while he's in the cave, his brothers and his family and his father's house heard it. And they went down to him. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him. See, because God wants to break you to the point where you know you're called to lead a nation, but God wants you to lead the bitter and the broken and the in debt. Oh man, can I tell you, this is not a strategy for good church growth right here. This is not the way you build a church. You, I, I've been to a lot of church growth seminars and they don't tell you to go to the, the poorest city with the most broken and hurting people and start a church there. They don't do it. They say, go to this big city, find the most affluent part of town, find the wealthiest part of town and plant you a church right there. And you get all the money you need and you get all the smart people and you get all the educated people. But God said, the way I do church planning is I start you out with the broken, the destroyed, the in debt, the hurting. Come on, somebody. Because you are not qualified to lead the noble if you can't serve the broken. <laughs> so he's breaking David of all of the pride that plagued his predecessor, Saul. Because David was one after God's own heart. See, this, this, was, this was David's, this was, a, this was a reoccurring theme in the life of David. That he was not too big for his britches. Matter of fact, when David was called upon to go play for Saul, now he finds himself as a musician playing for the king. The Bible says that he would go back and forth from serving the king to serving in his father's house, watching over the sheep. If you're too big for the sheep, you're too small for the king. Can I tell you something that the breaking it that is happening in your life right now, it's a good thing. God is stripping you of all the pride and all of the sin and all of the weight and all of the stuff that's going to destroy you if you get into the purpose of God without being broken first. You don't want to be blessed and given. You want to be blessed, broken, and given. Can somebody say amen? We don't like that, but it's necessary to the process. So he, he takes him and he, he makes him a leader. I'm finally leading and I'm leading people in debt, people in distress. They're all in the same condition as me. Check that out. Somebody, somebody would think, well, David would need to get some counseling because he's just acted like a crazy person. He's got to figure himself out. He's either bipolar or something's up with David. He needs to get himself together. But no, before he gets himself together, God sends him people just like him, broke, in debt, distressed, bitter, angry. And he says, I want you to lead them. <laughs> I'm telling you that's good news for us because we don't have to get it all together before God wants to use us. We don't have to figure it out before God wants to use us. We don't have to memorize all the scripture before God can use us. Sometimes it's in God using us in our weakness that we find the strength of God showing up, making us strong where we thought we were weak. And it says that David, he was just like them, but he became the leader of them. He's now leading these people. 
He's, he's leading them. So that's why David went to the stronghold. Because the stronghold is the place of personal breakthrough. You have to get a personal breakthrough before you can experience national breakthrough. See, we are asking God to break through in our nation. And God's saying, I'm trying to break through in you. We're asking God to break through in the White House and in Congress and in Washington, D.C. And God said, I'm trying to break through at 178 Pickens Bridge Road. I'm trying to take that down a little bit further. I'm trying to break down. To, I'm trying to break through at your address and your family with your life and your marriage and your kids. Because I want to break something in you personally before I break something in you in your purpose as far as nationally or your city or that influence. So I'm going to break you. Personally, first, I don't know who said it. I heard this years ago. Someone said that God cannot fully use a man until God fully breaks a man. And there's a there's there's this there's this part that we go through. And and we have to remember because now he is faced with a new fight. He's not running from Saul anymore. He's not running from Achish anymore. But he runs back to the place of his breakthrough. (laughs) And this is what he does there. The Bible says he inquires of the Lord. He prays. Prayer is probably the most known strategy to our victory that we have. But it is probably the most underused. Because this is the thing about prayer. We pray and we expect God to do something. But when he doesn't do it, when we expect him to do it, we think that prayer doesn't work. So we stop praying And when we stop praying, we lose access to breakthrough. So we're living a life now where we need breakthrough. See, Ecclesiastes says this. Solomon says this in Ecclesiastes. He says, there's a time and a season for everything. There's a time and a season for everything. So everything operates on time and season. But sometimes in time and in seasons, we can get stuck in a cycle. And we need a breakthrough. See, because time moves and seasons change. But what do we do when time is moving and seasons are changing, but I'm not changing? And my situation isn't changing. And time isn't healing my... What do I do? I'm stuck, not in a season, not in time. I'm stuck in a cycle. And what we have done is we have allowed a season and a time period to become a cycle in our life. And because we've allowed it to become a cycle, now we need a breakthrough. Well, the good news is, is we serve the Lord of the breakthrough. We talked about him just a few weeks ago. There was a man who had an issue for 38 years. And Jesus walks in and in a moment brings a breakthrough into his life. There was also a woman who was... 
uh, bent over for 18 years. Jesus came and met her and he looked at her and he said, you've heard this powerful scripture before. If you've ever listened to T.D. Jakes, he said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And in 18 years, what had, what was a season became a cycle. She needed a breakthrough. Seasons don't last 18 years. Seasons don't last 38 years. If you're in something that's 18 years and 38 years, you don't need time to pass. You don't need a new season to come. You need the breakthrough that comes in and breaks the cycle that's repeating itself in your life. You need a breakthrough. How do I get it? Prayer. You say, but I prayed about it and it didn't work. Oh, are you sure about that? Because Daniel prayed. And when the angel got to Daniel, he said, yo, you prayed 21 days ago. God heard you and I started on my way, but I was fighting the devil for 21 days. You got to understand something that just because you prayed, it doesn't mean it's going to happen next week. See, Brian Houston said something so powerful one time and I'll never forget it. He said, most of our prayers will not be answered in our lifetime, but our lifeline. See, you got to hear me this morning. It's, it's not that your prayer went unanswered. You got a yes or a no. You might just not see it in your lifetime. It might show its fruit in the lifeline of your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids. That prayer that God would bless you. Maybe God didn't give you the big house you thought he was going to give you. But maybe God helped you get out of debt. And all you were doing was living in an apartment. But you set your generation up. You set the generation coming up after you up for success because you prayed. See, I'm not here because of my prayers only. I'm here because I got a grandma and great grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles who have been praying for me. There's a church that is here. It's called Calvary Church. and You all pray for me. I'm not here today because of my own prayers. I'm here today because other people have prayed for me. I'm here today because people who aren't here anymore prayed for me. And so what they prayed for in their lifetime is now being answered in their lifeline. Can somebody give God praise that prayers never cease? They never die. They don't die. That's why Luke 18, the Bible says, pray earnestly, never cease to pray and don't lose heart. We can lose heart while we're praying because the answer takes some time. (laughs) It's not always immediate, but don't lose heart. Prayers never die. I got to give you a scripture that set me on fire. I literally almost ran around my house, picked the dog up and threw him up into the air. Slapped everybody high five on the butt except for Monica. And so in our house, we smack butts instead of high five. We just <laughs> good job. She got a hip issue right now. So I can't hit her very hard. I went to hit her and she hit me with her crutch. And <laughs> it was not good. I almost didn't make it today. Check this out. This is so powerful. You need to read the book of Revelation, by the way. I know it's I know it can be scary and intense, but but just read it, get a study guide and, and work through it. Do the hard thing. Do the hard thing. There's so much gold in it. Revelation chapter eight, five, <clears throat> chapter eight. I think it's verses four through five. Watch this. An angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all of the saints on the golden altar before the Lord. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. 
Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar where the prayers were burning before God. When you release a prayer, it sets a fire and it continues to burn before the Lord. Watch this. And God threw those prayers and that incense to the earth. And there were peals of thunder and rumblings and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Your prayers light a fire on an altar that continue to burn before the Lord. And when he decides to answer, he receives them and he throws them to the earth. And it causes trembling and earthquakes. That's good news, man, because there are some things that I've asked God for and I've prayed about. That I thought, God, did you even hear me? And the Bible tells me that they are sitting on an altar burning before the Lord right now. Come on, that prayer you thought that he didn't hear, that prayer you thought he didn't answer, it's sitting on an altar burning in front of the Lord right now. Woo! He inquired of the Lord. Will you stand up on your feet? He inquired of the Lord. In Isaiah 37 is an awesome portion of scripture there. The Bible says that uh, the, the Assyrian king had attacked Judah. Hezekiah was the king of, of God's people at that time, the king of Israel. And this Assyrian king attacked Judah. And when he attacked Judah, Hezekiah heard about it. And then he sends a letter to Hezekiah saying to Hezekiah, he says, Jerusalem is next. And don't think for a moment that your God is going to hear you and do anything about what we're getting ready to do. Hezekiah begged to differ. He took that note, that letter, and he went to the house of the Lord. And the Bible, feel his presence. And he spread it before the Lord. And he said, here is the threat of my enemy. Sometimes you just need to go ahead and let God know this is what the enemy's been saying about me. This is how they've been threatening your child. This is what they've been saying they're gonna do to your kid. And you just lay it before the Lord. And then he offered up a prayer and watch the response that God gives. In Isaiah 37 and 21, the Bible says, thus says the Lord God of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. He says, because you have prayed to me concerning the king of Assyria, because you prayed. In other words, I wouldn't do this if you wouldn't have prayed. I wouldn't have broke through like this if you didn't pray. He said, because you prayed, this is the word of the Lord concerning the king of Assyria. Check verses 33 through 35. He said, therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria. He shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return. He shall not come into this city, declares the Lord, for I will defend this city and save it. Watch this. For my own sake, check this, and for the sake of my servant David. Hold up. I thought David's prayer only impacted David's breakthrough on that day in that fight. No, David's prayer actually went years into the future and won a battle that he wasn't, he wasn't even involved in. I'm just telling you this morning, would you throw your hands up in the air? 
And just, I, I think we need to repent right now and say, God, I am sorry. I apologize. I repent for not believing in the power of prayer. God, I renew in my heart today that I will inquire of the Lord. I will not go unless you tell me to go. I will not say it unless you tell me to say it. I will not act unless I've sought you first. I will inquire of the Lord for my breakthrough. I received my breakthrough today. I received that breakthrough in Jesus' name. It's the Lord of the breakthrough. It's the Lord of the breakthrough. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 5, that when David defeated the Philistines, that they were stupid enough to come back and want to fight again. And the Bible says that when they came back, David inquired of the Lord again. Listen, you can't go off an old word. You can't develop a strategy off of a previous victory. You need a fresh word because when he goes to God this time, God says, don't go up this time. We're going to do it a different time, the way this time. See, the reason you're losing your current battle is because you're fighting your current battle with an old strategy because you haven't been praying. And God's saying, if you'll seek me in this moment and in this day, I'll give you a new strategy for a new fight. And he says, this time we're going to do it differently. This time you're not going to go up first. I'm going to go up before you. I'm telling you, there are some battles that God allows you to fight just to see if you're willing to fight. And when you fight, he helps you. But when he recognizes that you're willing to fight, he says, okay, in this next one, I got this. When you hear the sound of marching in the mulberry trees, that's a notice that God has gone before you and he's already prepared the way and he's beaten the enemy in front of you. I'm telling you this morning, you need to go to God again. I don't know what you're in. I don't know what you're facing today, but you need to go to God again. I'm telling you, this is the house of the Lord. I'm telling you like Ezekiel or like Hezekiah, even now you're in the house of the Lord. Go ahead and lay the threat of the enemy before the Lord. Lay your issue before the Lord and ask him to do something right now. Would you pray? Just seek him right now. Just say, God, this is my issue. Issue. God, I need it. I need to hear from you. I need an answer. I need victory. I need a breakthrough in this in my life in Jesus name. My finances are under attack. My marriage is under attack. My kids are under attack. My job is under attack. My reputation is under attack. What do I do? God, do I go up or do I let you go up? What do I do? God and God is responding even now. Let him, he, let him speak. 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 Somebody's saying, I'm not hearing anything. That's because you go home. You keep asking. Pray without ceasing. And do not lose heart. It didn't happen at church. Maybe it'll happen in your house. 
Maybe the breakthrough God wants to give you is not in the church because he doesn't want you to develop a dependency upon 178 Pickens Bridge Road. He wants you to develop a dependency in your house, in your car, with your wife, with your kids. He doesn't want you to have to come to church to get a breakthrough. He wants you to be able to break through in your own house. So maybe even now, I'm, I'm just prophesying this now. When you cross the threshold of your home, breakthrough answers are coming in Jesus' name. We declare it and decree it by the word of the Lord and we receive it now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody, let's give God a shout of praise. If we believe him, if we believe him for a breakthrough today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I love you. I wish I could just keep preaching for hours. I love you. I love you. You received the word today? Let me pray for you. If you're here today, we're going to, we're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray. And if you're here today, you say, Rob, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to make him Lord of my life. We're going to pray a prayer right now. And as you pray this prayer, believe that God is going to supernaturally change your life. We believe it. Let's pray this prayer together, all of us. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you for giving your life for me. We give you my life today. Take all of me. Have your way. Use me for your glory. I repent of my sins. I confess you as Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Let's just put our hands together. Hey, I feel something. I feel something. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you prayed that prayer and you say, Rob, I'm coming back to God today. I want you to do one thing before you leave today. I want you to either come to the front. There'll be people up front with lanyards around their neck. Say they're part of the prayer team. Or I want you to go to the back. There's this place in the back called the next step. We'd love to meet you there. You just began a journey that requires assistance. You need the help, not just of the Lord, but you need the help of believers and people around you. God wants to surround you with a community of people that love you and will fight with you and for you. So don't leave this place without talking to someone. They'll be right up front and they'll be right there in the back. We love you so much, Calvary Church. God bless you. You serve the Lord of the breakthrough. Amen. Bless you.